Grace Off the Stage is a podcast where we will be hearing remarkable stories of the faithfulness of God in the everyday lives of people just like you. We hope that you'll listen in, celebrate with us, and share the podcast with your family and friends. And our prayer is that as you hear these stories, they will remind you of the faithfulness of God in your life and continue to strengthen your trust in Him. We're so glad that you joined us for season one of Grace Off the Stage. At a party, I ended up taking a friend's life. And I said, honey, somebody is in the house. He was just whispering like, Caitlin, like, I love you. I care about you. I realized right then I need to take all of that energy, everything that I gave to myself and give it to God. Hmm. Hey, and thanks for tuning in to our next episode of Grace Off the Stage. This is a platform where we get an opportunity to celebrate biblical obedience that's just happened in the everyday lives of ordinary people. We love getting to hear stories about how just the Holy Spirit of God does remarkable things in our church family and in our community, but we oftentimes don't get a chance in our big gathering environments to be able to tell the real stories in detail and get the chance to learn from what God means for us to learn through those stories. So Grace Off the Stage gives us a platform to create that culture of celebration and to get to hear the stories of real people experiencing God in some real ways. So thanks for tuning in. And today, our special guest is a longtime friend of mine, a mentor, a man that I really trust and respect, who is a catalyst leader in this Heartland community. We have with us today, Dr. Robert Shannon. (laughs) Dr. Robert Shannon is not only a retired prison warden, but he's also a influential pastor right here in the heartland and uh i wanted to have dr robert shannon on the conversation today because he woke up one night to an intruder standing at the foot of his bed and no one can tell the story better than he could because that whole scenario shook out a little bit differently than probably what we might have imagined so dr shannon welcome to grace off the stage i'm glad you're here man all right. And I just want to say also that Pastor Woods is a great friend of mine. Um, his First Lady Woods, Grace Bible, all the ministers and staff. And we thank you for being a catalyst in our community so that people can know what the Capital C Church is. And that is we work together in unity because God says that we're part of that kingdom. Amen. I'm glad that we get to be a part of it together. Mm-hmm. It's been fun to grow together in that. And well, t- take us to that night. Uh, it was uh, a crazy night, I'm sure, and, and tell us the story about the crazy night. Well, that crazy night uh, was a night that uh, basically uh, followed regular day, studying the Word of God, uh, counseling people, teaching people, and that night after we call our children to come get the grandchildren it's time yeah, that's now right. to <laughs> that's right it's time now the to come get, yeah come time to get your packages <laughs> you know it's time for your <laughs> for, yeah. for, for the mother and i can have some peace and we're laying in the bed and um pastor g always basically go over sunday school curriculum at night we lay in the bed and she asked me questions about sunday school curriculum and we had the tv on real low and she dozed off and I guess it was around about 11.30, about 11.30 p.m. that I think I was dozing off. But around about maybe 11.50, something, and I know it had to be the Holy Spirit. It had to be the anointing that I just felt something was wrong. And I jumped up and I said, honey, somebody is in the house. And when I said that, Pastor Wood, at the foot of our bed, at the foot of our bed, 
right there. A head popped up. So you 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 had already felt there was someone in there before you ever even saw somebody. I, and after I, you shot, I'm sure that startled him. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps up at the foot of your bed, and then what happens? And then when he jumped up, because I, I stood up, and the only thing I thought about was protection, protecting my wife, making sure that she was all right. And, you know, as one writer says, that that's what eagles does. Eagles take their babies and put them on their back yeah. so that if somebody take an arrow and try to shoot them, it has to come through the eagle to get to them. And so I wanted to make sure that I placed myself. That's number one goal. You got to get between him and your wife. And my wife. Because you, you don't know what's going to happen at this point. You don't know if he's armed or anything at this point. It's just right. a shadow, right? Mm -hmm. And so, man, what a crazy moment. That must have been so, man, keep, yeah, tell us a story. And, and after that, the only thing, training. It's just, fortunately, you know, I'm correction officer and then well, I, retired warden. You're a retired warden. <laughs> Imagine you've had a tussle or two. Right. <laughs> and, and the training kicked in, you yeah. know. And the, and the only thing I did was basically I didn't see his hand. So my thought was to make sure I take care of that. So I jumped and grabbed my left hand. Grab, I can see it right now. Grabbed his neck, grabbed his hand, and I don't even know how I did it, but basically <laughs> his hands were behind his back. And the next thing I knew, I don't know how he got out of the bedroom, but he was in the front room on the floor and his hands behind his back. I told him to put his head, turn his head that way, and called my daughter and say, call the sheriff department because then I'm, I'm worried because you know we got you know you got two sides of the house and is there any another intruder yeah, there? I'd be worried and if so there's somebody I'm very else, worried yeah. but at the same time he's saying me don't speak no English and then he said I'm tired I'm tired and all of a sudden I tell Sade go get him some water yeah this guy done violated us. <laughs> <laughs> and now y'all about to serve the man. And, and I'm about drink. to serve him. And I just asked him, you know, do you want some water? And he kept on. But the police was there, sheriff was there, rather, within three minutes. Well, wow, that's awesome. three man. minutes. Hey, I celebrate our mm -hmm. local law enforcement teams. They do a fantastic mm -hmm. job, man. Doc Shannon, what was going through your head when you, when it dawned on you, when you realized what was happening? Obviously, you're in reaction mode. It was to your benefit that your retired corrections ward, it was to his benefit you were a retired warden and not a retired uh, street cop who was used, who may have pulled a pistol, but you tackled him, you used defensive techniques. You mm -hmm. were a defensive instructor too, yes. de defensive uh -huh. tactic instructor too. And uh, once you realize what was happening in that moment, man, what, what's, what's racing through your head? You talked about got to defend my wife, mm -hmm. man. Anything else running through your head in this split-second situation? The, the brevity of life. Yeah? At that moment, the brevity of life. I, just, I mean, you just thought we could have been statistics. Yeah. The brevity of and life. And all too often that is how that ends up. That ends up. Because you're, was, you're, mm -hmm. you're vulnerable because you're asleep. You're not even paying attention. And then. And I was saying, Lord why yeah you know why and then you go to thanking god i mean tears now is falling down my face now oh you know thank you lord because i know how many people have ended up yeah and here we are in this situation where a young man came in our home we didn't even know about it but it was god that protected us and how short life is mm -hmm. and that was racing through my mind oh i can imagine and what he could have did to my wife what he could have did to my daughter and i was just so thankful at that time just yeah. just just thanking god and appreciating and just the adoration of the circumstance 
that he I know handled and not me. No doubt. Yeah, obviously the Lord was in that, not just for you and your wife, but the Lord was in that for that young man. Um, of all the houses, on all the streets <laughs> that he could have broke into, he not only broke into one of a retired warden, but a retired pastor. And mm. uh, from what I understand, the story didn't end with him laying face down in your living room waiting for the cops to come. You've actually followed this young man and his family kind of throughout the process of his um just the legal ramifications mm -hmm. of his decision man take us through that journey what's happened there well that journey what they do basically is is once they're a violation of a law mm -hmm. and then the state attorney they write you a letter and tell you uh that you uh able to come to the pretrial to the court hearings and they keep you informed yeah and so they kept us informed because this happened probably in the summer around about july then august they wrote us a letter and then and then September, just before the pretrial, uh, they were saying, uh, we're going to have a pretrial hearing and you can come, but you don't have to come. I chose to come. Yeah. And then when I came at the um, assistant state attorney office and his parents had hired him a mouthpiece, an attorney. And um, I asked, what was the maximum and the minimum sentence for this? Mm -hmm. And they told me. And then I asked them also, have he ever been in trouble? Have he ever had any brushes with the law? They told me no. Nah. Being in mm. corrections, understanding that a young man can go to prison yeah. <laughs> for three to five years mm -hmm. for bur burglary, yeah. felony, that I just felt that it was my responsibility to give him another opportunity. And so I shared with <laughs> the assistant state attorney is we have to deal with his issue because we don't want to enable him no. and take away somebody else's life because we didn't handle Absolutely. it. And so I realized that even though I was a victim and even though he violated me, my wife and my daughter, that God has still given me a voice, yeah. a voice of righteousness so I can see the value Mm -hmm. in that young man and I think that's what God wants us to do no matter what happens in life he still wants to see the value wow, man. in those individuals because I mean look at us he saw the value in us in Romans 5 and 8 he commended he entrusted his love to us while we were sinners he sent his son to die for us so Amen. he valued us and even though we go through some things God is saying we got to always see the value in humanity and that was uh that's the holy spirit at work in you you know our, our flesh doesn't respond like that mm. but i mean but being in relationship with a god that while we were at enmity with him the bible says while we were at war with him mm. that he came after us to rescue us and reconcile us and that i know you and your wife have taken that seriously mm -hmm. and nobody would have blamed you had you handled it like most of the rest of us would someone broke into your home it was a threat on your life. You wanted to, you wanted him to throw the book at him because you don't want someone like that on the streets. But you saw past that, just the spirit of God within you saw mm. past that. Man, you started to have a burden for this young man. Yes. And um, so what, what ended up being, I mean, I know you don't know all the details, but what ended up being kind of the outcome, his sentence? And I think they put him on probation. And during probation period, he had to go to NA and AA and then uh, make sure he passed that. And then uh, doing probation, you know, yeah. they do you, they test you, 
you know, Man. and you don't know when they come in to test you, when they call you in. So I think he made probation. And you had, you had, uh, from what I understand, you had kind of recommended such. You had yes. recommended let's let's exchange prison for NAAA. Yes. And you had you had mm-hmm. made suggestions to them, and mm-hmm. it sounds like they kind of got on board with that. Yes. I have wow. children. You have children, <laughs> and we don't know. You yeah, know, if, you know, something happened to your children. You would want somebody to see the value in them yeah. and give them an opportunity to rectify what happened in their life. Man, I, I mean, you and I have talked about this a couple times, Doc Shannon. But I'm, I'm ministered to just listening to you tell the story again. I love <laughs> it, man. I'm just encouraged because I'm, of course, here I'm thinking about how I would handle it, and what I would do, and how I would prepare myself for situations mm-hmm. like that. And it is exactly the opposite of everything you're saying. So, like, <laughs> I'm a little bit convicted, you know, to just man allowing truly the Spirit of God to be guiding us in our lives. I'm, I'm wondering, man, how, what are some of the things, or is there anything that the Lord has really taught you and your wife? through all of this i think one is that the presence of god is constant and consistent yeah amen man. no matter what happens it's the presence of god it takes the presence of god to give us joy the presence of god to give us peace the presence of god to walk in righteousness without the presence of god we wouldn't be who we are yeah. we have mm-hmm. the indwelling spirit of god which is the presence of god and we have that and then the scripture says he's a very present help in, time in times of trouble, of trouble <laughs> right hey and because Woo. of that i think then the next thing is i think the purpose that god have called my wife and i to was more galvanized doing that Amen, circumstance. Man. Wow. And, and, and that we say, wow, man, you got individuals who are victimizing people because they don't know Christ. Amen. And that's why I appreciate your ministry and Pastor Cameron and his church ministry in terms of gospel fluency. It's people out there who they need to hear what Jesus has done mm-hmm. and they need to receive him because he's the only one that is going to stop them from victimizing people when yeah. they begin to walk in righteousness and whatnot. So it galvanized that in me. Then the third thing it did is made me say, we need to present that gospel. So then in 2018, that's when we started. I mean, the Monday night, we started the Wednesday, then we started the teaching, training, and touching on Thursday night, Zooming, saying "You, we need to present the gospel because the gospel is the only thing going to change people's heart. And when people's heart is changed, society can be changed. You know, we, you and I have had several different conversations. I had not ever thought about how these things might be connected. Last time you and I had breakfast, you were talking about how the Lord has just laid a heavy burden on your heart about preparing for death, preparing for eternity. Mm-hmm. And I had never thought about how that may have had some roots, not all the roots, but some roots in this night mm-hmm. when you realize <laughs> just how vulnerable you are, you know, and now you, you, you've always preached the gospel um, in your ministry, but, I, but I, I, I can see and I can tell that you like me, like, man, I'm, I am more sold out to the ministry of the gospel now than I've ever been because I recognize that good biblical advice even will not change lives. Mm. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can change lives, and we need to be exposed to that. Yes. Um, and we need to continue to declare that. In the everyday, ordinary stuff of life, it's not always going to happen from a, a sermon on a stage, but, man, it's, it's happening in the moment where you're getting a chance to minister to a family whose son should be headed off to prison, and here you are as the victim now becoming the advocate mm. for their son, man. It's like, what clear picture of the gospel is that? I mean, <laughs> or, or, or is I mean, what what clearer picture of the gospel could there be than that? I mean, that's an awesome picture, man. Um, we 
we all, uh, though we may not have horrific experiences like that particular moment, we, we have all been uh, victimized in different ways by different people in our life. Some, some folks in, in small ways, some folks in what f- may feel like unforgivable ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, I, I'd love for you to just kind of minister to the rest of us on how you've allowed the grace of God uh, and how we should allow the grace of God to lead us in the aftermath of situations that it would be easy or even justified to hold resentment and hatred and bitterness towards somebody else. How would you minister to that in us since you guys have walked through this in a very mm-hmm. real way? And I think, Pastor Woods, just that, 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 that word grace, how would we allow the grace? And I think grace is that enabling power. And because grace is that enabling power, it gives us the ability to carry out the purpose and the will of God in our life. So I think we just need to just look back at our lives and see it's through grace that we are saved. And what we need to do is we need to offer the same grace that was offered to us. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first thing we should do is we just realize it was grace that saved us. And I don't care how how heinous it is when a person violates us, we still can do what we need the grace. Mm -hmm. And so then the second thing is about grace is grace gives us the wisdom. It gives us the knowledge. It gives us the understanding so that now we can be judicial in our decision making. And so I want the grace of God to say, no matter what happens, God, I want to follow your characteristics. Instead of being judicial, uh, you say judicial, man. I think the difference between reacting to our situations and responding to right. our situations, just being judicial, uh-huh. man, allowing right. the grace of God to allow some sober mindedness in that. That's mm-hmm. good stuff. What, and that's number two. What's number three? And, and number three, basically, when I look, I say, wow, this is great. Because then now you go to Ephesians. And we, 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 we always discuss this. Yeah. <laughs> and we say, in Ephesians, he says now, in, in 4 and 31, he said, now, I want you to get rid of bitterness, anger, hmm. malice, slander. I want you to get rid of all of that. And then what I want you to do is I want you to put on kindness. Amen. I want you to be tenderhearted towards one another. And then this is what touched me, forgiving one another, even as God was in Christ forgiving us. Amen, brother. I was saying, wow, I don't care how heinous it actually is, because there's some people that probably have lost loved ones because somebody violated oh, them. Yeah. I know there's and, folks listening that have had stories that they could tell that would just rip our hearts to right. pieces. Mm-hmm. And that resentment is there. Yeah. That bitterness can be there. That's visceral. Mm-hmm. And God is saying it's real. He, he don't want to take away the experience. He acknowledges that it's yeah, there. But yeah. he's saying don't allow the experience to control you. Amen. Don't, don't, and that's what I tell you. Don't allow the spirits to grow you. I was thinking about Aristotle. Aristotle, he defined bitterness as this. He was saying bitterness is the spirit of resentfulness that refuses reconciliation. Say that again. Bitterness, what he, he defined bitterness Aristotle. as. Aristotle. Yeah. He said, this is what, how I define bitterness. It's the spirit of resentfulness mm. that refuses reconciliation. And so when you look at this, how in the world, I don't care what happens in life, that if I have the word of reconciliation that saved me and I was a wretch, raggedy, I mean, I was messed up. (laughs) And he saved me, he saved my wife, he saved my children. And I don't, and if he did that, then how can I hold back reconciliation from somebody else? And then he had the audacity to give me the ministry of reconciliation, which means he said, work on you. So yeah, when you right. when I work on me, then people can see the manifestation of the characteristics of Christ, mm-hmm. and that's what I, we have to do. And so I just encourage people that we have to do. We have to demonstrate that because if we don't, then we become rebellious. 
We refuse to function and walk in the principles of God. And when we do that, the scriptures say rebellion says witchcraft. Then that means we allow the porters of darkness to control us rather than the light of God. And my beloved brothers and sisters, I don't care what you've been through. We want the light of God to always shine on us so we can walk. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, it deals with the behavior. He says our behavior must align with our belief. And that's what we have to do. And that's good news, man. And reminds me of the good news of the gospel that we are not left alone Mm. to our own devices to try to figure out how to conjure up those good attitudes because without the Holy Spirit within us that Mm. creates the fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like Mm -hmm. when you've been violated or when you've been hurt, uh, where you're holding bitterness, like we've ran out of all those emotions. Mm-hmm. It's going to take the Spirit of God dwelling within us to be able to produce those in us again, to allow for the forgiveness of Christ again, man. And that's why John wasn't kidding when he says, cling to the vine. <laughs> or when he quoted Jesus saying that he's the vine, you're the branches. You cling to the vine because apart from him, you can do nothing. nothing. He wasn't kidding. Mm. And uh, Doc Shan, I'm grateful that you joined us today for this conversation. And I and I know for certain, because I see it lived out in your life, that these things you're saying aren't just well-rehearsed preacher chatter. Mm-hmm. But I see, I see the light and life of Christ displayed through you and your wife all the time. And I'm so grateful for your friendship. And I'm so grateful for how you've even allowed the Lord to use a staggering moment in your life to point others to Christ and even to extend the healing forgiveness mm. of Christ and not allow bitterness to take a root in your heart where nobody would have pointed a finger at you for doing it. Mm. But the spirit of God within you wouldn't let that happen because he wanted to use, I mean, what are the odds? That kid, that kid has <laughs> no idea. Hopefully he'll, he'll learn soon that he was in the crosshairs of the love of God, the mm. fact that God let him wash up on y'all's shore. I like that saying. Say that again. <laughs> uh, that, that dude had no idea. He was in the crosshairs of the love mm. of God, the fact that he washed up on y'all's shore. Man, mm. I think this is... I, I hate that you guys had to be a victim of it, but something tells me this is part of the greater redemptive story in that boy's life and in his family's mm-hmm. life. And it took an inconvenient circumstance. It took a cross to realize that there's a resurrection mm-hmm. on the other side. Man, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for tuning in. We look forward to visiting with you again soon as we celebrate the work of God in our time called Grace Off the Stage. <laughs>